Welcome to Anime Archives with your hosts, Ernest and John. We're back, guys. Back and better than ever. Again. Uh, and today, this week's episode, uh, we're, we're back to some archiving. Yeah, we um, we were supposed to bring this episode to you guys Bef- prior to... Uh, five months ago? Yep. Yeah, the pandemic getting hot off the pressures and becoming... <laughs> Before it was, oh, it's not going to ever reach the United States of America. It was going to be contained elsewhere. But then it reached, then just it reached like here. everything else does. Yep. And the topic, I mean, <laughs> over the past couple of weeks, we've been doing a lot of minisodes lately. Just yes. Trying to get back on topic, back in the groove of trying to be more consistent. And we wanted to make sure that we still stuck with our roots in going back into the archives. For and sure. Trying to check out some of the old gems in our past that really changed us and influenced us who we are kind of today. And this one that I, I'm going to be honest, I was really excited about because I remember growing up on it. I remember watching it on Toonami and I remember it making a huge impact. And I remember this uh, swordsman being so good to where he was always on my list back in the day as one of the top swordsmen in an anime was on my <laughs> list. <laughs> How did how did why did they change from not being on your list anymore? What happened? Well, that's what we're going to be going through in terms <laughs> of this uh, the actual archives itself. All right. So for our listeners, what is this anime that we decided to kind of go back? Uh, so we are we watched Oroni uh, Kenshin, uh, the Medjin Swordsman of the Romantic Story. That's what the full name of the story. I kn- okay. Out of Meiji the years Swordsman. I've been. Romantic story. The years I've known about this anime. Yeah. And from I never knew it was Meiji Swordsman Romantic <laughs> Story after Roroni Kenshin. What a weird title. I can even butcher the Japanese if you like. So does that mean even there's now a history of anime with long, dumb titles? Because if you think about it, like normally that's like a modern thing mm. that I've noticed where it's like uh, what was it? The Irregular and Magic High, or yeah. is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? But this one is Roroni Kenshin Meiji Swordsman Romantic Story. That's that's a long one for an old school anime. I think maybe in Japanese it sounds better, mm. and just our English yeah, translation of it here. is just terrible. Because in Japanese it, it appears like uh, the story becomes comes first from the before the romance. It's in. I'm just gonna do the Japanese. It's Roni Kinchin Mejin Kinakaku Romantan. Yo, out of all the times you've done that, uh, that might have been your best time. Uh, Did you practice? Because that that's how I really practiced good. before we started. But still, if I wish we had like a uh, translator, someone who actually spoke fluently. Oh, I don't. So they can be it, like, "Hey, you." Did this correctly, or they could just do it for us. That'd be cool. It would sound so disrespectful every time we do it. I, I just don't. Would, I don't want to sound offensive, and I hope I'm not doing like a like. Oh no! People got to understand. We got to do a disclaimer. We are yeah. not Japanese in the slightest yes. at all. Oh, <laughs> speaking of disclaimer, I thought to do this. Um, we will talk about. Uh, we d- will recognize uh the author of Ronnie Kenshin that he has a po- problematic history, and we will bring it up. Uh, but I also want to get into a topic. As we're going on, if you believe her in uh, killing the author when it comes to your source material or anything, mm, okay. like uh, looking at something as the author being dead, or do you look at if that person's alive? Do they still affect the overall story of it? Yeah, but I mean, we want to go through all of it. That's the great but, thing about kind of going back into the archives is just making sure that 
for the people listening, they kind of know the history of a little bit of everything about the topic. And with it being a swordsman kind of based off a real era that happened in Japan, I think this one's going to be pretty interesting. Yes, for sure. Uh, But first, um, let's jump into the plot and synopsis of uh, this story for those interested who don't know Roni Kenshin. So, in the final years of the Bakumatsu era, lived a legendary assassin known as Hitokiri Botosai. Feared as the merciless killer, he was unmatched throughout the country, but mysteriously disappeared at the peak of the Japanese Revolution. It has been ten peaceful years since then, but the very mention of the Botosai still strikes terror in the hearts of war veterans. Unbeknownst to them, Botosai has abandoned his bloodstained lifestyle in an effort to repent for his sins. Now living, now living as Kenshin Himura, a wandering swordsman with a cheerful attitude and a strong will, vowing never to kill again, Kenshin de- 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 dedicates himself to protecting the weak. One day, he stumbles across Kaoru Kamiya at her kendo dojo, which is being threatened by an imposter claiming to be the Botosai. After receiving help from Kenshin, Kaoru allows him to stay in the dojo, and so the former assassin temporarily seizes his travels. All right, so let's kind of do a, a recap, and Oof. just so that the people kind of know some of those words that you you use that the, they have no idea yes. about. So what this Japanese is words. is in terms of historical time period, is it's um between the Bakumatsu and the Meiji time period. So it's kind of in the middle of the transition from one to the other. Okay. The Bakumatsu time period was back when the Japanese were in uh, a lot more militaristic and they ended up uh, there was a lot more war. So the need for samurai was all over the place because there was wars being fought from um every uh prefecture pre prefecture yeah there's ever there's uh, multiple wars by multiple different clans kind of fought throughout that before someone actually unified kind of japan yes and so uh to do that i mean there was samurai all over there was wars kind of going through and there was a kind of um a final war that ended up ushering in the new era which is the meiji era the Meiji era is kind of uh, the era of peace at that point. And that's okay. where a lot of samurai felt like they lost their place because if there's no wars, what are they really supposed yeah. to do at that point? Yeah, because I know that uh, in Japan they had a very like caste-like system where samurai were above, then uh, I think like taxpayers and like merchants were at the bottom, but merchants were starting to make the most money and becoming very extremely powerful. And samurai still had to pay their debt to like their king and emperors at the time. So it was a lot of things definitely were coming to an end it was an interesting time period in japan because all they knew for a long period of time was war after war after war or one raiding clan or another clan that's about to attack them kind of viking-esque in terms Mm -hmm. of a way of that was a normal thing for hundreds of years for him and then they finally are slowly getting ushered into a turning point of your weapon which was a samurai is almost becoming obsolete so these people that are walking around that have dedicated their whole lives are almost getting lost and samurai naturally then held a high position in government because if they're not uh defending or killing at that point well they have to do something and so that's when they got a lot of them got employed in you know advisors or into like a standard government uh, position and so just kind of a recap is just the bakamatsu period was just more of the intense uh military government that was kind of ruling japan before they ended up going more in terms of the peaceful area, which is the Meiji time period. And 
where Rurouni Kenshin starts is the beginning of the Meiji time period. Yes. So that's kind of the beginning of peace where samurai are or swords are kind of banned. Yeah. Uh, and the axe of samurai is they're now, I don't want to say falling apart, but they are because some are becoming Ronins. Some are Join the government and, joining the government. Yeah, and your the identity of a samurai at this point in time is now changing. Yeah. And so it's, it's no longer like you're a lord or something of this thing and have high honor. You're just a person part of the government. Either you're a, a military soldier or you just a citizen has obeyed the laws of everything else. So that dynamic or family responsibility you used to have, it's gone. So when I think of Roni Kenshin, I, at least growing up, I never understood kind of what was really uh, important about the background as well as why was everyone kind of fighting with this this one guy that happens to have the sword. kind yeah. of Because at this point, the standard public wasn't allowed to have swords. Yeah. So it, I just thought it was kind of interesting because I never really know this, but this is also based off real historical facts as well. So Roni Kenshin does a good job of kind of blending in the two. Uh, one of the also interesting things about uh, Kenshin, uh, Roni Kenshin, is the fact that he's based off a real samurai. Uh, and the samurai he was based off was uh, Kawakami Gensai. And Kawakami was pretty much, um, he was one of the four Hitokiri of the Bakamatsu time period. And what that means uh, for the standard average people okay. is there was four men, uh, four samurai that were pretty much known as the main kind of slayers at this point. And they were all known as man slayers or man cutters. Um, they were known. Uh, so the Hitokiri and they were known as the four Hitokiri. So Hito, Hitokiri means manslayer. Like in the show, were they more like uh, pop pol uh, political assassins? Like, take these people out for you know our country and stuff um to to make the meiji area happen like they're take out high risk oh yeah so they people. they would end up taking out high risk or they would just be standard uh main generals or warriors okay. kind of on the battlefield yeah. as well and even in terms of modern culture they still use the hitokiri across you know other like games as well okay um i've heard a mention of it in terms of uh, ghost of tsushima uh, a modern game that just got released and then oh, there's and Ghost of Tsushima there is? and then there's also another one that's uh, in this game called For Honor For and Honor. the main samurai faction um, the Hitokiri is a playable character in that okay. game so it's kind of still relevant nowadays in terms of games they still kind of bring it back but what's cool is just the fact that this I never knew that this uh this main character, this anime we were watching was actually based off a real person. And this real person did a lot, like quite a lot. He was very, very famous in this time period of Kawakima uh, Kimi ended up pretty much helping out uh, the main emperor at that time period. Okay. Um, ended up retiring and became a retainer, just like most samurai and ended up teaching. Uh, the thing so he is did not go to meet a girl at dojo and was like, you know what? I'm going to stop being a wandering samurai. He, he never really ended up meeting a girl, but <laughs> what was unfortunate was uh, he actually ended up going to prison for a long period of time um, just based off, uh, let's see, I think it was based off uh, one of the battles that he ended up doing. It ended up having him go to prison. After that prison, that's when he became a, uh, when he got released, he became a military official and sword teacher. Okay. Well, oh, they, he, so during one of the battles, he had to, Except a punishment for something? Yes. And so at that point, um, he ended up getting out of prison. 
and he was uh, harboring kind of some old uh, stragglers from uh, one of his old comrades in that actual battle. So he yeah. was still kind of housing stragglers from that battle, and he got found out. And even though he put in history with that government because he was harboring, you know, people uh, the opposite end of the people who people who were like him. rebels who yes, were threatening rebels, the that's new. That's a perfect term for yeah. it because he was harboring rebels. Regardless of what he did, he ended up becoming ex- uh, he ended up getting executed. So the real Roroni Kenshin ended up pretty much putting his life on the line, was known as one of the best, uh, one of the top four military swordsmen of his time period. But because he ended up harboring rebels, he ended up getting his head chopped off. And I don't want to say he was it was almost like dishonor, but it definitely was at that point. Okay. So it's it just kind of interesting. The, the politics of... Uh... Things are they consider just and not, but that's pow- that's government powers for you, and and that's it. And so no it's just what, interesting. No matter how much you do for them, you, you do can one thing. start a hero, but yet you can mm-hmm. also end the villain just based off one thing you did. Yeah. And again, he was just looking after his old comrades, like yeah, and he who writes history. History goes to the spoilers. So I did think it was pretty interesting, just the fact that this one character that we've kind of known for a long period of our lives was actually based off a real historical person. Yeah, I didn't, honestly, I didn't even think about that would be in the case, man. Uh, I remember us, uh, another anime I used to uh, talk about because I thought was cool when we were, we were watching Ronan Kinshaw was like Samurai Deeper. And I was like, I never thought about that guy being real because it's more like very fantasy Samurai-esque. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if we ever... <laughs> If we ever get to watch that anime, it's going to be terrible. I remember buying the DVD box set, and that was bad. Uh, you forgot. Do you, you remember Samurai Deeper? Yeah. Samurai oh, yeah. Because uh, oh. uh, he had that split personality. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it's like, I remember that. Split. He had multiple personalities. Well, Eventually, you find out. Yeah. It's that, goofy. Yeah. That one was. Um, anyways, uh, Roni Kenshin has about 95 episodes. Uh, it, start, it aired on January 10th, 1996. And ended in September eighth, nineteen ninety eight. So a good two years. The studio that uh, uh, you know adapted and uh, made this from the source material manga was Gallup and Studio Dean. Um, going on to the creator, uh, the creator of the show is Nobu Hiro Watsuki. Uh, his manga was published in uh, Shuesha and. And it's part of the Weekly Shonen magazines, and it originally ran from April twenty fifth, nineteen ninety four, to September twenty first, nineteen ninety nine, for about twenty eight volumes. I think that's about average at this yeah. point for uh, volumes during that time yeah. period. And that honestly, that is, and that's just that part of the series. Like even to this day, that he started back doing Ronin Kenshin in his writing. Um, but going on about about the author himself, uh. He has some of his serial serialized series. You might know these. John is. Have you ever read or heard about the manga Gun Blaze West? No. Came out in two thousand one. What about Busho Rinkin? That one sounds familiar. But I think I you know it. it up. Yeah, if you look at it, you you remember that one. Uh, he also did the. I heard this one was pretty good too. The embalming, the the another tale of Frankenstein. Uh, he basically did his own take of Frankenstein. So is this all like stuff that came out around the 2001 kind of period? Yeah, this came out. This one came out in 2001. Bushu Rinkin came out in 2003 to 2005. It actually, I believe it got an anime adaption, but I'm not positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nether manga, The Embalming of the Nether Tale of Frankenstein, was from, he did this from 2007 to 2015. Uh, 
and then he started a new Roni Kenshin um, called Roni Kenshin Res- uh, Restoration or Cinema Bond from 2012 to 2013. And now currently, start he what that started in 2017 was Roni Kenshin, the Hokkaido arc uh, that is now to present. Um, so Roni Kenshin is still going on today? today? Y- yes. Uh, there was a time, though, with the new arc that there was a pause. And that's because um, during an investigation, uh, police uh, went into uh, Watsuki's o- uh, offices and found that stored in his computer were um, basically well, well, child pornography uh, of, of girls 18 and younger. And he had like a good a good feel of it, a good plethora, uh, I would say. So Japan. Ended up yes. busting him for child pornography? Yes. See, you know, you must add some dark shit on your computer if you know Japan is going to say, hey, that's a little too young for even us. Yeah. And, you know, my personal story, I've seen some uh, creepy things for what that uh, creepy thing that is skeptical in Japan. But I think for him, he had like, because uh, I remember when I was stationed in Japan, uh, you could go to a shop where you could buy adult things. And they had videos where you could buy little girls just like in swimsuits, just wearing swimsuits. Mm-hmm. And that was not weird at all. But I think he had just full naked, like uh, child pornography that were well, these kids were naked. When I went to Japan, there was a uh, in Akihabara, there's actually a vending machine where you can get high school girls in swimsuits. And they're like cards that you can cards? get out of a vending machine, like playing cards, but not real, like a real set. It's like collector's cards. So it's like if you're collecting these high school students in like different attires. Yeah. Or and just like buying used underwear. Well, yeah. I'd actually yeah. seen machines like that too. So I thought that was real. Like to me, that was a huge kind of wake up call that you're in a different country. When you see stuff like that, that you know 100% would never fly here. Yeah. And he uh, ultimately didn't end up getting any jail time, but he had to pay a uh, 200,000 yen fine, which equivalent to. Uh, our money right to this day is about a thousand uh eight hundred and sixty five dollars that you had to pay. And then his series went back to doing a series. So they oh. just went back to doing them. I mean yeah, it kept re- going re- on. Back up, yeah. So pay, was he active punishment? the whole time? Uh no, his he his series stopped while he was going through that prosecution. Then mm-hmm. after he I guess paid for his crime and Went through whatever sources they had him do. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming. Uh, then his series got picked back up and mm-hmm. stuff, and that's what brings me to uh, because of something like this, the whole dead authors thing. So you think like, can you look at read the series and not have to, uh, you know, is you looking at the series promoting like the author's lifestyle and stuff like that? Ooh, that's a really hard question. So it's like if you end up paying for a product and you find out whoever created that product was in child pornography, then are you now kind of benefiting that author in some way or kind of being okay with what they did? Is it almost like you buy in or are you just ignoring something that is... I mean, I'm going to be honest. If a product's good... Like, then I feel like it's very difficult for me naturally to then uh, not separate kind of the artist from the work that I'm happening to enjoy myself. Yeah. Now, if it's lowering in quality at all, then I, yeah, 
I would have no problem using that as an excuse being like, well, I'm not going to support it anyway. But imagine like it just depends on the quality, because if it's that good, for instance, would you drop a series in? Like if it hit all the right. So if you think of your favorite series of all time, would you drop that series if you knew the author was terrible, even though by their standards, it's obviously not that terrible because a thousand dollar fine ain't nothing. Yeah. So it's like from our for how. And so I guess it kind of depends now on in terms of uh, like you're judging another culture based off your own culture. Yeah. Now, I don't agree with it myself. One hundred percent. Definitely don't. But it would be hard for me to naturally say, okay, this should then be canceled because mm. obviously that culture doesn't see it as a problem. Yeah. And it goes back to this thing is like, uh, once a criminal, are you always a criminal? Are, are you treated that way? Or can people be rehabilitated and, and kind of see the error of their ways and I, grow? I can see that for a lot of things. I don't know when it comes to child porn. <laughs> I feel like once, 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 once uh, you deal with kids, like yeah. I don't see the odds of them being rehabilitated and magically yeah. being like, you know what? You're right. I actually like adults now. Just that, doesn't seem normal to me. Yeah. There's an interesting thing. Well, it's not interesting, I guess it's, uh, but there's this thing, this thing of uh, the difference between a pedophile and a pedophiliac. Someone who, you know, a pedophiliac is someone who is attracted to kids, Mm -hmm. but doesn't act, know that the urge is wrong Mm -hmm. and seeks help, Mm -hmm. but attempts not to do it. Where a pedophile is that someone actually goes with the urges and actually do work Mm -hmm. and how you balance those two. Cause it's, you know, it's hard for someone to admit something like that, especially go to a counselor and stuff. And how do we treat someone who recognizes that chemical castration? (laughs) <laughs> i'm sorry man the moment like kids are involved like i just i can't sympathize at that point uh, like, I can't. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, moving on moving on <laughs> Whew, that was a hot thing uh there's a lot of things i think uh i, I if you watch the uh, imitation game different thing the guy isn't uh a pedophile anyway he's just uh uh gay man living in a time where being gay was seen as evil and chemical cast, uh choosing chemical castration was the only choice you have besides going to prison mm-hmm. so that but, shit was horrible but there's also a huge difference between a man yeah, wanting yeah, to be yeah, with for a sure. standard man and a child yes so i'm just saying yes. again i'm not saying i'm right I don't know how to fix that. I think I, I, I think I think you can get help and uh, figure out where that's coming from because a lot of the time, well, actually, I'm not an expert, so we'll just end it there. Yeah, that, I just that's say a good call because we have bro science going down. Right yeah, now. We, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be like hot <laughs> changes podcast yeah. and be like, hey, this is. I'm I'm trying to go against opinions now, so <laughs> if I don't know it, I'm just gonna end it there. We keep it going. We hope that there yes. is a way to change. But as of now, that is not our yes. expert category. So going back. Not at all. Okay. Uh, the anime television series was actually uh, uh, developed by the comp- the anime studio Gallup. It produced at least the first. Uh, I said there was uh, 95 episodes, but uh, Studio Gallup did episodes one through uh, 66. Hmm. Okay. So they did like the first major yeah, the season. Fir- first major stuff. Um some of the I'm going to run down a list of some of Gallup's, you know, give credit to Studio Gallup. Uh, it was founded in December 1978. And so that's about 42 years ago, give or take. And uh, it produced some of the these animes that we know and 
maybe enjoy. <laughs> uh, they did the first season of Initial D, the first stage, in 1998 with uh, Studio Comet. Banger. Uh, they did uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters from 2000 to 2004. The original Yu-Gi-Oh? Yes. They actually, they ended up doing all the Yu-Gi-Oh! So that basically became their, their bread and butter. They also did Ice Shield 21 from 2005 to 2008. Banger. Uh, they did... Uh, why did I say Studio... Studio Dean. I don't know what that is. They were- oh, okay. No, there's another company that assisted with it. Uh, Studio Dean took over for episodes 67 and 1990, uh, episode 67 and 95, and that was founded in March 14th, 1975. I just gave some of the names of, uh, Studio Gallup. I have you go over more lists later if you want to, uh, throw out some more names, but Studio Dean took over for episode 67, 95, and they were founded in March 14th, 1975. So about the same time. They are a little bit older than uh, Studio Gallup. They have been around for 45 years instead of 42. Uh, they produced uh, one, of my, one of the mangas I actually finished. That when we when you took me to the library. And I started finding that li- library actually had Japanese manga. They actually produced uh, the anime series Ramen One Half. Oh. It resulted in me actually looking up how the ending goes too. I was, I was fascinated to re- refresh my mind. They also did the anime DNA 2. I remember that. I remember being a creep and uh, creeping, trying to find that uh, kind of thing. DNA two was about the guy who was basically in the future. He was a player and fostered a whole bunch of kids. Oh yeah, this girl sent sucked. back in time to shoot him with a bullet so he can stop. Uh, so he kind of like so he stopped spreading his seed. Stop spreading his seed. Yeah, but she ended like- up shooting him with a wrong bullet that actually in turn makes him evolve to his playboy style even quicker. So being like a more of a, uh, I guess, player. Yeah. Say the right words. I remember watching that, and I remember as a kid, I never liked it. Uh, this studio also did the, <laughs> the anime that we were we were about to watch but didn't finish, The Get Backers. Well, we finished it the first time, yeah. but as adults, we didn't yeah, finish we, it. We, we, stopped, like, that we was gave cool. some credit for some of the beautiful things. I think but we only watched like two there. episodes. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it wasn't Damn. that great. Uh, they did. Uh, he did. Uh, I remember this anime, and I don't. I, and I remember seeing the the book, but I never saw how big it became. But like Jing, King of Bandits, they did that. I actually read a lot of that. Read a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, they actually did. Uh, they did the second season of Seven Deadly Sins. That second season was whack. You know, like seven second season of Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, wasn't that where the production changed, or was that the third season? What? Uh, so there was one season in particular where you could tell the art style dramatically drops in quality. And it's actually known all throughout the internet. Like when you see a melodious um, and you see his feet. Oh, okay. it's, it's absolutely Might ridiculous. be that they lost money because that, that's the same thing with like Dragon Ball Super. But I, like I double check on that. I, I like Seven Deadly Sins myself. Yeah. But I remember that there was a couple things I've seen and I was like, who drew this? These became sketch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also did, uh, they're doing season three of Log Horizon, uh, which is going to be called Fall of the Round Table. Oh, so that means there's definitely going to be a season four then. Yeah. Oh, you watched it already? Was that season? Oh, well. well no, I mean. You just know about it? Well, I know you're further ahead of well, uh, No, but if Log it's Horizon. the Fall of the Round Table, and that's like the def- the, the title of the season, Yeah. would assume that there would have to be well, something yeah, after for, that. for sure. Not the end. Uh, they did the, the show I didn't quite like. Uh, sorcerer, the sorceress stabber orphan. 
Yeah, that one sucked too. Yeah, I tried to. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do uh, it. And uh, one I came back and found later as I was reading it because I was going through it pretty quick. They also did the series Rave Master, if you remember well, that one. Yeah, I remember. Two thousand one to two thousand two. That's one that uh, they. I kind of wish they brought back. Yeah, I feel like actually, be yeah, that was like a, a before Fairy Tale. That was a, a big one made by the same guy who made Fairy Tale. Well, I mean, out of all of that you listed so yes. far, I think the one that for me stands out the most is just the fact that they brought us the first stage of Initial D. Yeah. I really liked Initial D. I thought it was wonderful. I mean, even the old CGI kind of back then, I don't want to say it's it like holds up in terms of its amazing groundbreaking, yeah. but it's still entertaining. You, you can still watch it and not be like, oh, this is ugly. Yeah. I, I, I really I, I wish it. I wish I finished uh, all Initial D. No. Yeah, I think I like... I've probably got three fourths of the way through the yeah. manga. I think I only got to the third stage in terms of the anime. Mm. I just remember the people who do Initial D's uh, music move. That was the oh. first band I ever seen at Soccer Con, and that band was amazing. I hate. Oh my gosh! And, and you know where I was in a manga library reading. I do know because being, I remember being irritated as hell at you. Like I was like, well, in love. You seeing this Japanese I, band for yeah, the first time? Don I. I I, I, I'm in love. I, I got to follow my girlfriend everywhere. <laughs> I got to. As you can tell, this was when we were young and dumb, maybe 13 years ago. But it is hilarious I, how Ernest missed out on that one band. that. And, and recently in school, uh, a book I was reading, it's funny, like they were talking about like our, our brain and how much like we recall a lot of the things that are bad in lives and we recall good moments that mm-hmm. we it, we can easily recall bad things Ugh. that was I'm, a bad moment it makes sense because there's always times maybe like a few times a month or just like just randomly where my mind will always linger to something that I did in the past that makes me cringe and I, it's like I'll rethink of it and it's like I re-go through that emotion and I'm like man I would beat my own ass like why? Yeah. <laughs> why would you do that? And you in particular, that moment where you missed move. Great moment in my life. The cringiest one for me and during that time period too was me sleeping on the floor and holding my girlfriend's hand. Yeah, that was As a, that that's that being romantic. That was <laughs> another advice, great moment of advice my life. for any teenagers or adolescents listening to this podcast. Be yourself, love yourself first, and accept the love that you're accept the love that you're willing to have, or something. What? Or maybe just listen to your friend yeah. who's ragging on you for like a week, because maybe if they're ragging on you for a week, <laughs> there's some shit that you're not realizing. <laughs> be be able to have real talk and be able to accept uh, criticism sometimes for things in life. But you know what? Maybe I I gotta bring this up. See, that is a big deal. Anyways, now we can go on to the opening and the ending. Oh, actually, let's let's talk about some of the villains, I guess, from the show. I mean, not just villains. Let's kind of go through a little bit. So when we go through kind of the cast, because, yes. you know, in every anime at this point, there's I feel like how good of an anime it's based off kind of the supporting cast, not yes. just the main character. And based off some anime that we watch, we actually end up liking the supporting cast more than the actual main character. So for you in particular, you know, because uh, we watched the first 13 episodes when it comes to this. We didn't want to watch 60. Was there a side character that really stood out to you that you really liked? Um, and what did you really think of the cast? Uh, 
the side character I really like. Remember last episode we were talking and we were like, hey, I need to start writing down characters' names and know these people. Um, uh, my, my now that comes to mind, my favorite uh, side character was a uh, Sagara uh, Sanosuke. Uh, he was this this cool guy with this big, huge, great sword. It was like a m- huge meat cleaver that you would kind of see if you are a Monster Hunter fan. The the cat cook, cook the cat chef having behind him, but like huge for a human. And he was just this cool badass, like a uh, mercenary for hire and a fighter for hire, basically. And uh, he was introduced in the show, being hired to take out uh, a a a Kenshin because uh, the the first episode Kenshin messed up this dude and broke his 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 thumbs so the guy can't properly wield a sword anymore yeah, destroyed his thumb. so he hired uh he hired uh Tenosuke to get revenge and use his big huge meat cleaver to take out Kenshin and Tenosuke lost but liked Kenshin enough to say hey, I'm gonna we're gonna become friends and hang out mm-hmm. I mean I feel like if it wasn't for Tenosuke I mean because he I think he was the only side character out of the whole cast that actually had a real personality. Yeah. You had Yakuhiko, for instance, who was that standard orphan, but he was, because of his age, yeah, he, he was so annoying as a character to me. I think he becomes cooler once he, uh, well, as, as he gets older. Well, so yeah, I, like once he grows up, I mean, at the very end, like, he'll end up getting like, I think, a size is like reverse blade yeah but that's like at the very end so and then, that the, and then have... in the new manga kensha gets it back he's like hey i want to need my sword back because <laughs> like, i can't find a single other reverse blade ever say no more but so i mean aside from sanosuke sagara was there any other characters because i wasn't re- I mean, when we think of like the standard maiden i didn't think kaoru was that interesting like to me personally she was this typical tsundere. That's Honestly, in- how they fe- fell in love was pretty quick to me. I was like, but it, I guess for that time, that's kind of how animes and mangas kind of did took the approach of and romance. Maybe even that time period. Or that time like period. You just have someone wandering by and you're like, sup, sup. And yeah, that guy's like, too. hey, maybe I shouldn't wander anymore. Oh, well, nice. I don't think, I, I like Kaoru. I think she's cool. Uh, I think she slowly was going a little bit against the whole, uh, the, the the girl who needs always needs to be saved. She could kind of hold her own. She just wasn't, you know, See, in certain parts that she wasn't. And that's where I kind of disagree because it's like she, she reminds me of Kagome from Inuyasha, where it's like, no. okay, you have one niche that you're okay at at best. Like Kagome was good at like archery, for yes. instance, but she wasn't better than Kikyo. So it's like, to me, it doesn't. I noticed, and again, they're in the kind of the same family because it's like similar time periods. Like they, they yeah. didn't get released too far after each other. Where I just felt like this female was made to have the main character look cooler, and so I feel like they sacrificed kind of her identity. Because to me, Kaoru and Kagome were incredibly similar. They were both kind of sundere. They both, you know, weren't really too expressive. I didn't feel too much of a uh of like a real good character out of either of them yeah i just think she only thing for her is like she's very willing to sacrifice herself for her the greater good like help out people put herself in danger to uh stand up for things and yeah, stuff but she so, would never be like 
even in the top 100 waifus or oh, anything. Of course not. Yeah. yeah, like she would no. never make top 10 or top 100. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what was kind of hard for me is just the fact that out of this whole cast, I wasn't much of a fan of Kenshi, like as a character. Kenshin? Yeah, Kenshin mm-hmm. as a character. Wasn't much of a fan of him. I like Sonosuke because I felt like he was very straight up. Yeah. I mean, he was the type of guy that was like, oh, I don't need this sword. Let me just use my hands. And that I thought that was like pretty cool to me. Mm. But aside from that aspect, I felt like the supporting cast to me kind of lacked a little bit. And so it made at least the first 13 episodes to me slog a little bit more. Because if it felt like the first 13 episodes was more of like a different kind of minor events that yeah. wasn't really linked together. It I was feel like, like it's very more like uh b- slow build up, like uh exposition. I think the only arc that I I would say I would see as an anime arc was the opium one where they saved the opium doctor and then her the group of hired assassins could start coming after her and that stuff. That's mm-hmm. a mini arc, but I, I I like the kind of the villain esque in that, even though people got marked at the end because just like samurais, once you introduce guns to the equation, swords don't really last that long. <laughs> well, and that's the thing yeah. is, I mean, in that time period, that's when samurais realized they were getting um, replaced, replaced because, yeah. again, a gun was faster and more efficient and could tear through the armor a lot quicker and yeah. was a lot cheaper, too. Yes. Would you rather pay for a gun or pay for a human body, <laughs> you know, like a samurai mm-hmm. warrior? I'd rather pay for a gun. And that's the thing. And plus, anyone can use guns. Like, you don't need five, you know, 20 years of training like you would for an actual real samurai. For sure. So I feel like this anime did a good job for me in terms of the time period and in terms of where it really represented kind of um, how people were getting replaced by technology itself and how the times were changing. I like that aspect of it. Yeah. But when it comes to the supporting cast, it was hard for me to really find. Like, normally I, there's a character I like or identify with, and that's what gives me um, a reason to continue to keep watching. Yeah. And when I don't have that or I don't find a single character where I'm like, hey, that's my standout kind of star, which I find in most other anime, then it's hard for me naturally to keep going. And for me, I feel like this anime doesn't really pick up until it kind of goes into some of the later arcs, at what, least for kind of what I remember watching. What do you think of the combat uh, since this being a sword fight anime? What did, what was your opinion on that? So, okay. On and a, think about this in nineties perspective, because I feel like in hindsight, well, I'll let the, you get to and it. And that's yeah. what makes it very difficult because when I think, okay, if I sit there and say, okay, who's your top anime swordsman that you would ever say, who would come to your mind? Top anime swordsman. Yeah. So out of all the swordsmen, out of all the different shows, you know, across the different time periods, who would be the number one anime swordsman that comes to your mind? That do you think is the most badass of the badass? Mm. Mm-hmm. Hard questions, right? Yeah, it's hard. Let me think. I don't know why he, his name. The first name that pops to me is the, the dude from uh, One Piece. It has three swords. And that, to me, is my my yeah. number one swordsman of all time. Renoa Zoro. Yeah. Across all anime, there is no one, I think, that is more of a badass swordsman and a badass character than him 
as a person. Even his story of why he used three swords is interesting enough. I was like, oh, interesting. Everything. <laughs> and one of the coolest scenes just in One Piece was when he took Luffy's pain. Mm. And so it was like, it was to me one of the best scenes that I've ever like watched in anime. And that it showed me the power of like how a side character to me can actually eclipse a main character. Mm. Because the whole point of like that scene was uh, Luffy pretty much had this pain in him. They got it out into this ball and just one drop of pain could like almost kill somebody. And Zoro put his whole self into that like pain bubble where he absorbed all of it. And so at the very end of it, it's like he's covered in blood, covered. There's blood everywhere. His boy like walks up to him and is like, what the heck happened? And he just stands there and he said nothing. nothing happens and it gives me goosebumps every time i think about it because i was like this is the definition of a ride or die badass (laughs) he put his life on the line for his captain he didn't sit there and like gloat he didn't sit there and talk shit he kept everything to himself and to me it was like that is the true definition of like a real badass swordsman Mm -hmm. i mean the whole like having a sword in his teeth is ridiculous that guy must have like an (laughs) iron jaw but that was like the one guy that stands out like to me personally yeah when I think of Kenshin, it's hard because Zoro has a advantage with having modern artists. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they have more things that they're able to do with. A lot of the earlier Kenshin sword fights was either a deadlock where they were the swords were locked together. Or it would be flashes. Mm-hmm. Where it'd be like a flash and then you would see like a cut. And so oh. they wouldn't actually animate the um the really intricate parts of an actual real sword fight. Yeah. And so to me, as you know, kind of looking back at it, it really takes away from the action because the first three or four battles, you just see him kind of like he jumps like on somebody's sword. Or he'll do something kind of generic. And then at that point, it's like, he'll just make a cutting motion, but you don't see anything connect. You don't see anything of that sort. And remind you, it is an anime that was an adult swim. Yeah. So that means, or a tsunami. So that means there wasn't a heavy amount of blood or anything of that sort. But the lack of real kind of combat action, to me, really deterred me. Yeah. What about you? Um. Yeah, I hear you. I, I think it's definitely different from, like, seeing the very, like, constant battles and going back and forth. But I feel almost a little bit like how Ghost of Tsushima does it. Like, they wanted to do, do this this belief of how fighting was where... It wasn't that many movements, you know. If you got the right angle, the fight's over. Mm-hmm. You know, the sword fighting is very quick and delicate. Uh, I think later on it gets more like very like uh, boxing, and I, and I feel like it's a lot like how you, you Hakusho, like the creator, had this one way of how he was doing the story, and then became something different once he found like his niche or his dynamic demographic that he wanted to aim mm-hmm. at, and just like. And, I, and I, that's what I think about manga artists that you don't know when they first start penning it, they don't know the ending or where they're wanting to take it. Yeah. They have ideas, but it really goes by how people respond to it and the feedback they get from their editing team. So I think later on, it starts getting a little bit more fighting esque and more not as like quick position fights because he's fighting tougher people. Just like how Ronnie Kenshin became, instead of being a very so detective episode, uh, solve mysteries, he became a, you're going to fight monsters and protect the realm. I mean, you Hakusho for that one, right? Yeah. What yeah. did I say? You said Moroni Kenshin. Yeah, I mean, re- you don't fight no monsters. Yeah, you Hakusho. Yes. So when you went back and you uh, watched kind of the 13 episodes, you've seen the cast, you've yes. seen the music, seen... you know, um, 
what really stood out to you about this anime? Like, what was your impression? And was it different than when you watched the anime, you know, 13 years ago? For me, it was, uh, it's definitely a slow burn. It's one of those, uh, some episodes I'm interested in, especially arcs. Uh, but there's some times where I'm just like, I feel like some, uh, a deflate on some of it mm-hmm. aspects. Um, I know the latest episode I stopped at, uh, was basically an episode about a, uh, a, what's it called? Is that the sumo, sumo wrestler. Yeah. That's yeah. The 13 I, one. Yeah. And I was just like, Ugh, I'm not, I'm not really interested in it. I'm ready to keep pushing. Um, but I think it's very, it's one, I th- seeing the name that it's a romantic story that it's more of a dramatization acts one it's not all about this fighting and i think when i was younger i thought it was mainly a fighting back and forth kind of anime where the the overall the story there's fighting in it but mainly the story is about these relationships being built mm-hmm. and this guy kind of redeeming himself and knowing that he no longer has to be the botot size was but that the you can't escape the past that easily that the past will always haunt you until you Annihilate those demons or face those demons, you always will be, you know, haunted by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I kind of go back and think about it, part of me feels overly judgmental because when this came out, it came out in a time period where you would watch it either once a week or kind of once a day yeah. when it comes to this. And I'm going to be honest, I don't remember if I watched this once a day or if it was like a once a week sort of thing. But I do know with like some of the way the I seen that the episodes are made, it seemed like it was made for you for uh, always the new audience to kind of come in, and so it seemed like at least for the first like thirteen episodes, like the sumo episode or a couple of ones before that, yeah. there was like a small arc, you know, for like two episodes in between. Yeah. But most of the time, it seemed like they were kind of standard, kind of one offs. Yeah, and for people like us who have been in it for a long period of time, it's less. Um, entertaining on that aspect but i can see how that could be really beneficial back then when you're only watching the series kind of once a week and you're trying to always get like the new audience to kind of stay involved so i feel like it just with it being a product of its time i don't want to be too judgmental on that but also we kind of have to because you know standards do increase over the years for a reason yeah and i will say this that knowing that uh it started being published in 94 and the anime adaption was two years later that there is going to be that time where you can quickly a weekly short stories uh, a 30 minute show can do two of those up uh, two of the weekly stuff mm-hmm. and pretty pretty quickly uh so i could see that being a, a thing because they're in then just studios and wanting to elaborate more on because it's a popular series mm-hmm. um that's why even today we now some studios just do 13 episodes to uh promote the manga itself and not say this is going to be anime because the manga is new and ongoing we just want to promote fan interest so people will go read the source material from there that's because it's one making in an anime itself is so much more expensive than the actual manga process yeah and two it's hard for them because they are never guaranteed a second season yes and so we know countless anime that has the first season that never got a second season and it's it's very frustrating yeah, when like, it comes uh, to that. I remember I was beefing so much about uh, um, High School of the Dead. Uh, that used to be the one of the biggest ones I always look up and stuff. And that one that one hurt because, yeah. again, once you realize you'll never get a second season no, again, the, the, creator, the creator is uh, passed away. 
And, and it's know, not going to get picked up by somebody finished, else. Yeah. It's like, I wish, and okay, kind of on a quick side point, when it comes to that aspect, okay, what would you prefer? Would you prefer, because um, there's a book series that we've talked about before where it was The Wheel of Time. Yes. And uh, for most of that book series, it was made by the same author, but the final few books, uh, the author, I think, died. Yes. And it was picked up by somebody else. So for you in particular, would you rather have it to where they don't pick it up it was 100% only the original author, you know, the original idea, the original creator. Yeah. Or would you rather have it picked up by somebody else where there is now the vision could be kind of manipulated to where it could be either less or more of a quality, but now it's just not the same. Yeah. Because we've all seen anime where they went from one studio to another and they didn't do well. So mm-hmm. imagine if it's now the source material, the author itself. So what would you prefer? Would you prefer, you know, an anime that has that you loved that you wish there was a second season? Would you prefer it not to have a second season if it's not the original author? Or would you prefer it to have a second season and risk it being way worse with a secondary person kind of taking the the helm? Um, for me, I think it depends on where the author left it. Mm-hmm. I think for, uh, will of time, Robert Jordan, he left a lot of, uh, material available to, uh, take his name, excuse me, who he, he was already working on the, the last three books mm-hmm. and his wife was very helpful in uh, helping the transition. Mm-hmm. So he, he knew where the ending was going and the person who came to take over basically just, added the details to make sure it matched as much as the notes and stuff he took it to make the ending work and it was successful so for things like manga it's hard for me to say because i don't know if high school of the dead was so early on where it's like how do you know when a thing is about to be done or not or where was the author going with because i think manga to me my my own personal opinion it's not where uh, how, however a writer approaches some writers approach knowing the end already in mind and some people approach it where uh, I'm going case by case, and I see. I want to see where the story takes me. Mm-hmm. So if it's from a manga standpoint, where you got to focus on drawing and writing, I think a lot of the time it is from I'll see where it takes me, mm-hmm. where I feel like I wanted to wrap it up. And a lot of times, no one can do that. So either someone is taking over to finish your little piece of the arc, or they're going to take it their own direction. That's not really the author's ending, but their own ending. So you have a bomb first season, author's out. Now you have a a potential second season where there is a 70% chance with the new author, it's going to suck. Yeah. 30% chance. It'll be the best thing you've ever seen. Contain the series. Would you want that? I wouldn't, I would, uh, I'd rather just let it, let it go. Cause I think there's let it end off on the first yeah. season and just have it. Cause be I think, it, I think it was tie. great, but I, I think there's certain things where, uh, I don't, not sure how I would look at it now mm-hmm. as a older, cause I, I remember some of it. I think a lot of it was like the action, the fast pacedness, but um, a lot of it has some of the cliches that we kind of have in anime now. And the overall story is a, is a zombie apocalypse kind of thing. So, well, that's why it's like yeah. overall story. Anybody could have done yeah. that story. And it was an, uh, an Ichi. I think that's how they say Eki, Echi, Echi. Yeah. yeah. So, and for the audience, it was definitely more adult themes yeah. where you're seeing boobs everywhere. Yeah, dude shooting a sniper using a girl's boobs for, <laughs> like, to stabilize brace. it. Yeah, yeah to ridiculous. stabilize it. So, it was just like, fam, <laughs> or when the bullet me, like, went in between the flapping boobs. <laughs> yeah, me huffing. Like, that's me, not real. Me uh, watching and go, <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Dante's. <laughs> but it also can make it better uh, because if the second yeah. author then doesn't do that nearly as much, then the, it kind of tones that back. It yeah. keeps kind of the drama of the story. It could have been better. It's just an interesting thing because mm. it's like, again, me, I would take the risk. If I, it's like 30% chance it's going to be a good second season. All right. Well, For me, I would have no problem taking that risk because I would rather have anything opposed to nothing. Like, But I'm also very selfish when mm. it comes to that. High School of the Dead, I always loved. Like, I thought it was good, and I loved how dark it was. Mm. It just, it was always one of those heartbreaking shames where you'll never really get what you wanted out of that season. I would tell people not even to check out High School of the Dead just because it's like giving yourself kind of like blue balls for anime. It's basically like Beck, where it's like, I love Beck, and I was like, second season, second season, second season, second season. Nothing. I'm just like, I would say enjoy it if you want music, but honestly... I, I now know where to uh where to put my eggs in and stuff. I think nowadays I'm seeing more of it the fan base that can do it now because mm-hmm. there is audience because uh high, uh high school of the elite classroom of the elite mm-hmm. was it they're you know because of how big the fan base for that they're able actually to at least say that a second season is in the works. Well, yeah, it's a potential yeah, potential at this thing, point until they drop it. Yeah. It'll be a while. And even then I watched high school, the classroom of the elite a while ago. So I mean, what, four five, six years just to get a second season. It's oh, mm. pretty risky, right? Yeah. There. Cause usually Where you the get like, yeah. you know, uh, the villainous or you get, you know, mm. overlord, you get some form of second season, or announcement of a second season kind of right away nowadays. Yeah. Classroom of the Elite, like, I hope. It's just hard for me to think, like, mm-hmm. hey, guarantee that's going to get a second season. So when it comes to this, you know, anime in general, I feel like how it starts and how it ends is also really important. Not yes. just plot, but also each individual episode. Because sometimes the intro could be a straight banger, and sometimes it could be the why would they do that kind of sort of situation. So for all these kind of older anime, whenever we go back on the archives, we always like to play the intro as well as the outro, just so that you can kind of have a taste of what it really did sound like. (laughs) And if that was going to kind of hit you. Yeah. Now for me in particular, I'm going to leave it up to the audience. I don't know if I'm going to put these songs ever on my playlist, (laughs) but let's get, your, I want to leave that to the audience. Your opinion I'm not playing go, these songs. <laughs> we'll go from there. So the right. the intro for uh, season one's Kenshin was uh, the song is called Freckles. It's by Judy and Mary. Now the little pain sitting in my heart has shrunk 
this is the parts where I wish we had video. So this so. is the song itself is called Freckles. Um, okay, so when you really <sighs> listen to this song, I don't picture uh, when I hear this song yeah. a anime about a swordsman. I, no. I don't. When I close my eyes, I listen to the song. I picture like a girl going to like middle school. I, I picture this anime about a swordsman up until the point uh, in the beginning. Is like, I was like, oh snap, this thing's about to pop off. Then go, then it becomes something different. I, I see a girl running to school and or, or or a boy running to school. It doesn't matter. Going, hey, life is great, and that's it. And that's exactly it. I I see kind of the typical school run. I do not see a. Yeah anime about a swordsman <laughs> at all uh, but that was mine um what is the ending uh the ending for season one was uh called tactics by the yellow monkey That was tactics by the yellow monkey. Hmm. Not, I think I'm fine with that ending for a samurai anime. First of all, I'm beefing with how good your speaker was compared to mine. Cause damn, your phone lit that up. Like mine was on max. <laughs> I had my volume was on max and you can barely hear mine. And I had it, the speaker right next to the mic. Your speaker on top or at the bottom? It's on top. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And like your, your sound is so much better and louder. It was like three <laughs> times what my piece of crap phone was. So Ugh. I'm beefing over like phones. <laughs> In terms of the song, that song actually wasn't that bad. No. Um, it gave me uh, Trigon vibes. Like for me, like uh, the ending of Trigon kind of gave me similar mm. vibes in terms of that. Oh, okay. I th I thought it was pretty decent. Uh, for me, it wouldn't go on a playlist. It's not mm. something that I'm like, I want to seek out. If, if it was like on an anime like, Say I'm on Spotify. I'm just listening to anime mute songs. I'll, I'll let it play in the background stuff. So I wouldn't be like, oh, let me exactly. change it. So, I, yeah. so I like first that. one. I'll change it. But yeah. The first one <laughs> can definitely go out. But also, yeah. it's kind of two different tones because the first one was a lot more upbeat and energetic. This one was kind of it felt a little bit more laid back yeah. when it comes to that. So you could tell they fit the typical anime opening with a very energetic uh, opener and more of a laid back kind of closer in terms of that. That's For sure. what I've noticed a lot of anime does, but 
in terms of that, I mean, there's a couple different seasons, so you'll you'll hear like a couple different intros and outros. But from us, we're only playing the the first season because yeah. that's just what we have. First to, thirteen uh, episodes, watch <laughs> at that time. And so <laughs> that um, for Roroni Kenshin, what would you uh, I want to say rate, but would you recommend this? Um, for those for the nostalgia factor, I would definitely uh say I would definitely say hey, go check it out. Um. Honestly, if you weren't uh grew up in this time or aren't like a fan of reading like a uh, manga, I wouldn't. I would. I would say read the manga instead of watching the show. Mm-hmm. I would say you might as well just do that. Uh, so you can build a lot quicker. But if you want to watch old school uh anime, by all means, check it out. I think Ronin Kenshin, if it was made today, would be a lot different, mm-hmm. and that could be one of the reasons because it's very slow pacing, but. I just think there's so many uh, different styles and things out there now that I'd rather not have such a the peaceful warrior kind of stereotype story where I want one who's more conflicted and shows that confliction more than just say, oh, I killed all these people. I'm now I'm never going to kill and I'm going to just, you know, try to hide from my mistakes or something. But I definitely think it's still uh, an interesting story. And because we only watched the first uh, season, I think if it once it gets higher, things might change. I mm-hmm. heard a lot of the things, especially the movies, the live action movies, if you watch those, uh, they definitely adapt the best arcs and stuff and really show kind of the gravity uh, of being this being this former Botosai and the effects of your past. Mm-hmm. I would recommend this anime if you are trying to watch something with like a kid in the room. Like, if mm. you have children in the room or you're trying to get your children into anime or anything of that sort, then I would definitely recommend Rurouni yeah. Kenshin. If you are an adult that's looking for an adult-style uh, samurai anime, you'd probably want to avoid this one just because there's many other uh, anime out there that focus on a better degree of swordsmanship and just have a better cast overall. Mm. So, it, to me, it just depends. If you want something kind of good in the background, all right, I can kind of see this. Or if you have children that's going to walk in or you're going to watch it with like your son or anything of that sort i would i would recommend Roroni kenshin i w- i mean if i have a child i'm not going to have my child watch samurai um um afro samurai it's just not happening yeah. it's just way two different styles and so it's just one of those things where it just i feel like it all depends on who's watching it but if you're going for a solo experience and you really want to see kind of good heavy action with a colorful cast this might not be the one for you in my opinion Mm. Mm -hmm. so that right there now i do eventually want to cover the live actions at some point just because i did hear that they were actually really good live actions but that's going to be kind of later on um as of now is this is kind of wrapping up our own uh, Roroni Kenshin style um, archive. Is there anything that you wanted to pretty much add on before we go to the second? Uh, add on to it, you say? Uh, hmm. I would like to say that uh, next episode, <laughs> that that is called a cut. Uh, the next episode. That's the worst uh, sounding cut I've ever heard. <laughs> I cringe hearing it, seeing that in real time. When uh, I listen to this gonna again, be, I'm going to cringe. Uh, we're going to do another archive episode. Um here pretty soon uh we're thinking about doing doc hack sign but we might do th- something else we're going to debate about it because doc hack sign is very a very slow bird i put it on just to start it because i thought we were about to get started on it and i was like Phew, exactly this is gonna be a 
burn. And so for me, that's why, because um, I thought of a couple others. And so I wanted to kind of go through the three, because I was honestly thinking Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. <sighs> Just because I know it is popular, but with them re-releasing a new version of Ghost in the Shell, I think this is the perfect time to kind of go through one it. of the most classic animes, in my opinion, of all time. It's like it's always going to be one of my favorites, and it's one of those things where I, I I want it to be something that we also enjoy too. Yeah. And sometimes with these slow burns, when you get kind of thrown with a lot of stuff throughout the week, you don't want to watch two people talk. For the whole episode, which has been some of the cases in Dot Hack Sign. So we'll, um, I'm going to have like three or four titles. We'll end up going through it. And um, our next podcast will definitely be a, another archives episode for one of the ones in the yes. past. So we always have a tradition. We always want to kind of close out a one of our episodes with a good song. That one of us has heard at least at some point, whether it's based off an anime or just based off, you know, a um, a, a Japanese artist in particular. So for you, who <sighs> this is your week. So who is the artist that you're going to introduce us to? So this this song right here is from a great, great anime that I love to this day. Berserk. This is the first opening from when they did the original anime release and uh, the artist that did the, its opening is called Pen Pals. The song is called Tell Me Why. I don't know why this song just hits, but it just hits for me. I just love the lyrics. I love I love hearing a Japanese guy speak English, uh, speak English, and just like really rocking, just bringing it so it just hits me. Uh, so this is uh, Tell Me Why by Pen Pals. song sounded like it should have been an flcl <laughs> not berserk That's that ridiculous. song goes ham and we'll catch you guys later for another episode of anime archives bye <laughs>